Here we go then, episode 82 of Beat the First Man with me, Reedy. And coming up on today's show, for your listening pleasure, we have a mashup of Tales of the Unexpected in 4D, the toughest quiz on podcasts in What's My Name. And we're joined by special guest The Shed Project as we taught music and Bolton Wanderers Football Club. Anyway, let's get on with the show and it is time for What's My Name. So let's get this going then. If you get it right from this clue, as you know, it's three points. So never easy from this clue. So during my career, I played for nine different clubs in four different countries, including three different English teams. So you should have nailed it straight away from that one, to be honest. So, uh, but let's get on with that all important question that we like to ask every week or every podcast, sorry, is was it Frank's fault? Yep, so quite simply, something that's happened in the last couple of weeks involving Frank Lampard, and we find out whether or not it was his fault. So let's go back to the last day of the season. Doesn't that seem like a lifetime ago? Everton travelled to Arsenal, admittedly safe from relegation, which was clearly all Frank's doing, as we know. So they suffered a 5-1 defeat, despite 3,000 Evertonians making the long trip to support the team. Our Frankie making a host of changes due to exhaustion, in his words. Um, after losing 5-1, Frank said our big final was on Thursday and we won it. Today was a step too far in the second half and the tiredness showed due to concentration issues. And th- you can tell that because three goals came from set pieces. So what we want to know was in any way, was any of this 5-1 defeat Frank's fault? No. 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 There we have it then. This week it was all on the players and none of it was Frank's fault. It was all down to their exhaustion. So moving on, clue two time then in What's My Name? Where you'll score two points if you get it right from this one. So let's just a quick recap. Clue one was during my career, I played for nine different clubs in four different countries, including three different English teams. And here we go with clue two. During my career, I won eight trophies, including two domestic cups and a European trophy during my time in England. Now, come on. I mean, I might as well just give you the name, might I? Clue three to come later on in the show, where surely you will get it from that. But it's time for a mashup, and which includes a little bit of this. Yes, so Tales of the Unexpected, and this week it is mashing up with 4D. So if you're unaware what 4D is all about, quite simply, it's 3Ds. And then I doff my cap, which of course works brilliantly in the audio format, as you can clearly see me doffing my cap as we celebrate an achievement in football. Now, this week's is staggering. So we're going to go to the National League playoffs. Now, you may know the story. I'm guaranteeing there'll be at least one of you out there who doesn't know the story. So Grimsby Town finished the season sixth in the league, meaning a quarter final place in the playoffs and an away tie at Notts County. So with 17 minutes to go, they fell 1-0 down, but a 96-minute equaliser from Gavin Hollihan took the game to extra time. Now, they weren't done with the late drama. In the 119th minute of the game, so one minute away from penalties, and Emmanuel Desarive popped up to score a winner and clinch a semi-final place. So I know what you're asking. Have they won 4D for that? No. 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 Well, sounds like the old Frank audience are back. Anyway, so no, they didn't win it for that. So it's on to the semi-final then. And another road trip just six days later as they travel to big spending Wrexham. Yes, they of the Ryan Reynolds Hollywood fame and the Netflix uh, drama. So after falling 1-0 down early on, John McAtee notched an equaliser 1-0. 
Two minutes after half time, Luke Waterfall makes it 2-1 Grimsby. But Wrexham then aren't done. Goals from Ben Tozer in the 63rd and a second from Mullin in the 65th means the home side are leading 3-2. Are you keeping up? 18 minutes to go and Ryan Taylor scores and makes it 3-3. Six minutes later, Desarive scores and surely this time Grimsby are heading to the final. But with 10 minutes to go, Jordan Davis equalise makes it 4-4 and sends the game to extra time. So two away games, two lots of extra time. Surely Grimsby couldn't do it again. Well, as penalties loomed once again and we reached the 119th minute, yes, that is the same minute as the last round. You heard it correctly. Up steps Luke Waterfall. You're a waterfall. To make it 5-4 and send the Grimsby fans wild. And I know what you're thinking. Have they won it for that? No. 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 Okay, Frank Slot, thank you very much for that. So, on to the final then. And they're up against Solihull Moors and they fell behind on the stroke of half-time. But John McAtee scored with 20 minutes to go. And guess what? Time for extra time again for the third game on the bounce. Surely they couldn't do it again. Well, in the 111th minute, substitute Jordan Maguire-Drew fired home. And incredibly, after three lots of extra time and no home matches, the Grimsby boys have clinched promotion to the Football League and League Two. An astonishing achievement. So it just leads me to say... Do, 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 and a little doff of the cat, 4D to Grimsby Town. Fantastic achievement. Well done, boys. Hope you kept up with all of that. Anyway, time to get on some brilliant five-a-side team names as always. A little feature where uh, if you enter five-a-side competitions over the summer and you need a name, I'll give you a little bit of help. So we've got five good ones for you here. So number one, Tramnia Rovers. Very good. If you live in Blackpool, live in Nottingham where you've got trams, absolutely perfect. Number two, expected to lose. Classic little play on a French team's name there, so we like that one. Number three, pathetic athletic. Simple, but, but effective. Number four, Spartak Tesco. Clever. And number five, buyer own beer. I like that one. That one's very good. So some belters there for you. But let's move on then. Let's get clue three in. What's my name? Where this time you will win yourself just one point. So let's have a quick recap. Clue one. During my career, I played for nine different clubs in four different countries, including three different English teams. Clue two was during my career, I won eight trophies, including two domestic cups and a European trophy during my time in England. And here we go with clue three then. I won 93 caps for my country and I've been a teammate of Ashley Young, Glenn Johnson, Lucas Neal and Stephen Warnock. Answer to be revealed later in the show. Have you got it from that one? Anyway, it's the part of the show where Kean and I dissect the last couple of weeks in football and we hand out the award that absolutely nobody wants to win as we head over for a bit of Big Reading Little Readers Tool of the Week. So here we are then back with another Big Reading Little Readers Tool of the Week. How are we, Kean? All right. It's just suppressing a yawn. Somebody might have had a COVID second <laughs> jab today and is struggling a bit. I'm all right. Just a bit tired. Yeah, well, I should think the weekend's activities have probably played a part as well. Yeah, they didn't help. Yeah, no, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't help. I think I've only just really recovered. And then yeah. I had that yesterday, so I've not really recovered. It's going to take us about Thursday, but we'll get yeah, that. So it's, it's been a bit of a music festival weekend, it's fair to say, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So we'll we'll move on swiftly. Let's get on to Tour de Week. (laughs) So for those who haven't listened before, this is where we go back over the last two weeks worth of football. Me and Kian both make a nomination each and we decide who is the winner of the Tool of the Week. Tool of the Week, sorry. So do you want to go first, Kian, or me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Go on, you go first. Who are you nominating? So I'm nominating UEFA. Oh. For the, just the, the chaos that surrounded the Champions League final. I didn't watch it. I was at the Killers. That was my first one of the week. Oh, but, um, main drop. Ching! Yeah, I dropped <laughs> them in there. Uh, but no, I didn't watch it. And then I came back. I was scrolling through Twitter and it was like, all this, attack, all this has kicked off. They're attacking innocent fans, pepper spraying them, saying, and then blaming the fans, which is quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, just the whole... The whole thing was a shit show, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, you have to look at it. Obviously, Liverpool fans turned up, a lot turned up without tickets. We knew they were going to. Klopp yeah. even um, told them to turn up without tickets. He'd actually <laughs> said that in one of his press conferences. So there is an element of some of them tried to get in without a ticket. I accept yeah. that. And I think there has to be an element of that. But you, there's ways and means of dealing with things and that was just what... And why were they pepper spraying people at the fan park? Yeah, that was like, weird because it, it's just you know. There's one video where the lad's literally scanning his ticket. Yeah, and he has pepper spray, and it's like he's scanning his ticket. And, and yeah, I'm not being funny. That is like the most harshly treated fan in the world. <laughs> he's literally <laughs> been pepper sprayed while scanning a ticket to go into a ground that he's paid money to get in and watch. <laughs> but yeah, so UEFA definitely. Well, it's a bit of a coincidence here because, funny enough, guess who I'm nominating? UEFA. UEFA. So, yep. but this one, I think this one, they've actually surpassed themselves. So, obviously, at the weekend in the Nations League, England travelled to play Hungary in the latest Nations League game. It had to be played behind closed doors due to racist incidents featuring um, Hungary fans in previous games. But Hungary decided that they could use a little-known UEFA rule where basically any kids under 14 are allowed into the ground, even if it's behind closed doors but they have to yeah. be accompanied by an adult. And lo and behold, there was 30,000 fans in the stadium. What got me a little bit was we did nothing wrong last time. Like our fans, because we weren't there. It was behind closed doors for away fans. So why have we been punished for what yeah. they did? This is what was confusing me, why we weren't allowed to travel when they were the ones who made all the trouble last time. It was a bit, you know... Well. I get the whole fact that you couldn't travel because it's behind closed doors. So it's behind closed doors. There shouldn't be any fans there at all. That's yeah. the whole point. But why were they allowed 30,000 people in the stadium on a technicality? <laughs> 15,000 14-unders and 15,000 adults who then, just to really, really take the piss, all decided to boo the taking of the knee. <laughs> the very act yeah. racism, which they got done for in the first place. It, it was always going to happen if you allowed them in the stadium. They should have just said, listen, if you aren't closed doors, you know what's coming in. Yeah, well, that's, the, I mean, it's a ridiculous rule. So, UEFA, let me just clear up what behind closed doors means. It means <laughs> no fans in the stadium. You can let the media people in. That's it. Yeah. That's all you let in. And the players <laughs> and the coaching staff, nobody yeah. else. Not 30,000 random Hungarians who just happened to be <laughs> passing the ground on the day. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you just come in? Yeah, pop in. Are you with a 14-year-old? No, go and find <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure I did that. So <laughs> sure that's no, maybe that didn't happen. Um, so <laughs> basically, 
I think it's fair to say, Ken, that UEFA are winning it. Yeah, well, they're the only people nominated, so they have to, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, it's hard to split the two, to be honest, because they've made an absolute ball no. up of both of them. So <laughs> UEFA are definitely winning tool of the week. They are a governing body who genuinely could not organise the proverbial piss-up in a brewery. Absolutely no. shocking. They so are useless, aren't they? They are the proud winners of this week's tool of the week. So, Kian, you're yeah. back a little bit later on. There's no fantasy football dad v lad because obviously it's no. the season, so that'll have to wait till next year. But you are back a bit later for Listen Up. What have we got? We've got a single, we've got an album. Uh, it's a single, and they've been on your show before. Oh, big tease. Oh. A single from a band that have been on here before. So, we'll see you a bit yeah. later on. Oh, sorry, we'll hear from you a bit later on the show. Yeah. Although we're doing on this on Zoom, so I can see you. Not everybody <laughs> else can hear you, see you. So, no. Uh, We'll catch you a bit later on for Listen Up. And for now, it's back to the yeah. show. See you in a bit. There we have it then. Outstanding winners this week in UEFA. Not only winning it, but actually getting both nominations in the same two-week period. An incredible effort. Very difficult to split the two, as we said. And as we said, could not organise the proverbial piss-up in a brewery. Uh, time for our weekly guest now, then. I'm, I'm so looking forward to listening to this one. I was joined by the by Roy from the brilliant and hugely popular The Shed Project as we talk music, we talk Bolton Wanderers. So settle back, relax, as Beat the First Man and The Shed Project go head to head. Here we go, another show, another guest, and I'm delighted to say we are joined by Roy from the hugely popular The Shed Project, massive Bolton Wanderers fan. How are we, Roy? I'm all right, mate. All good. All good. Just finished work. Good stuff. Uh, big, big weekend ahead. I'm off to Jerry Cinnamon. You're off to Liam Gallagher. Looking forward to it? Yeah, buzzing. Yeah, I went the first time round. You know what I mean? Uh, jumped the fence then. Uh, but I've got a ticket this time, so <laughs> um, chilling, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. Yeah, good stuff. Um, mm. So for those of people out there who don't know about the Shed Project, first of all, they can't be on Twitter because you've got to be the busiest band on Twitter by quite some way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so sell the Shed Project to people. What are you all about, Roy? Tell us all about you. Um, just a uh, group of normal lads just uh, doing what we enjoy, making tunes, obviously influenced by the Storm Roses, Happy Mondays, New Fads, Northside, just all our influences, really. Um just a buzz, just writing and just enjoying doing what we're doing. Uh, love interacting with people as well, uh, as you can tell on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, just our album's just come out uh, last month and it's getting rave reviews. So we just don't do it as a laugh, you know what I mean? We're, we're just having a buzz, uh, basically. We're not taking it seriously or anything. And it's just took off. People have got on us. Which is, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned about the albums and, and your, uh, the album, sorry, and your, your influences, because my musical expertise is, A, I listen to all your music, then I yeah. show it to someone else, that's what I do, um, because it's lazy, and but it's the easiest thing to yeah. do. <laughs> so I listen to your album. First off, if you've not listened to it, people, go and listen to it. It's absolutely quality, and it genuinely yeah, is. I'm not just saying it because you're on it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, man. Stone Roses, the first thing you hear is the Stone Roses to me. It was, yeah, but there's worse bands to be compared to. Um, I know, yeah, they're my heroes, so it's not bad being compared to them, you know what I mean? So, for, for anyone from the 90s, I think there's a touch of the beloved in there as well. 
Yeah, like I say, we're influenced by... I listen to a lot of Northern Soul. I listen to a lot of rap, 60s. I listen to anything. So, like I say, we might do a fast tune. We might do a slow tune. We might make a dance tune. You know what I mean? Anything more influences, obviously, is going to be in our music. Yeah, uh, mix there is something in there for everyone in that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the new stuff as well, it's, it's just getting even better. You know what I mean? So... We've got a new single coming out in probably next month uh, called If You Know You Know. And that's just took it to another level now. Um, so we're just getting better and better. And you genuinely sound like you're really enjoying life doing it as well. Yeah, it keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just something to do, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's, it just keeps you sane, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I just love writing. I'm just writing, and I, I love the development of songs. You know what I mean? From going in my mate's shed and just doing an acoustic tune, me and him, and then it just builds and builds and builds, and to the finished product you hear. I love that process of just coming up with a few words and then it and then it building into a into a proper song. But they're just getting better and better. They're just getting better and better. The tunes. So talking about that process, that I mean, it's almost like you can read what I've got written down here, Roy, to be honest. That was, it was right. a beautiful link. So that process, for, for someone who's never written a song in his life and never tried to write a song. So you've just, the album has just come out. So there's there's however many songs there are in total. 12. The start of a process for an album. So writing that very first lyric to that first song, to that vinyl landing on someone's doorstep. How long is that process and how, how drawn out is that process? I just want, because over the last two years we'd, we'd, we'd started, it was January 2020 when we released Living, our first tune. And the production on it was crap, but we just got it out there. And then the first version of One Shot wasn't greatly produced again, but we just got it out there. And then people could understand what we were doing, you know what I mean? We were trying to learn every process ourselves and do it ourselves. And just be be proper DIY. We didn't want anyone else involved with it. Um, so basically, the album the album was all ready, but we had the first line the first line up, which was originally it was just me and John in his shed, just who got all these demos done. Then Tim come along, he made these demos into songs, proper songs, and then um, we got we drafted two of our old mates in Carl and Vince to form a band then to play live. Um, and then all the tunes were ready then. So I'd say within a, within a year and a half, I, the, all them tunes got written and and done. But we redid them as well for the album, and that didn't really take long now because we know what we're doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, But I've wrote the second album. The second album's written. Um, there's another 20 songs go at. Um, plus I'm still writing it all the time. Um, I'm, I'm normally pen and, pen and paper. I've just got it on my phone now, a little notebook. So when a summit comes in my head, I'll think. And, but they can play a tune to me in studio and I'll just come out with lyrics straight away. It's just it's just experience, isn't it, from being my age. And I'm 45 or 46 soon. So, And I've lived through a lot. Uh, and I just write about the things that I see and what, I, what I've done in my life, you know what I mean? And I uh, think that's why people, if they listen to the album and actually listen to the album, because I'm I'm of a similar age. I'm, well, I'm forty. Yeah. I'm fifty. So I can I can hear life experiences. Yeah, you can through that to album. It. You literally yeah. can relate to so much of that album. And I yeah. think genuinely, if people strip it back and listen to the lyrics, it is literally someone's life journey almost. 
Yeah, well, like I say, it's just, it's just my experiences of life, what I write about, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm honest and I'll, I'm not scared of writing about or singing about anything what gets me go, as you'll probably see in the next uh, batch of songs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I say, it's it's uh, it's all good. It's it's working well. And then uh, all the, the two members left just before we were doing the Phoenix gig. We booked the Phoenix gig in our first gig last year, last August, and the two former members left uh, in March, I think it was last year. So I got Shane in, my old mate on drums and then young ollie ollie's only 19. yeah uh, he, he's like a little mini john squire so them two come along and just totally changed the dynamics of the band and made us into a proper band and then we did that first gig in in august and it's just kicked off from there really so and, and a big headline, headline gig coming up at the manchester academy pretty soon as well yeah we're doing that on uh june the 25th um got afternoon people supporting us civic green and Got MC Tunes on the decks. He's going to be playing all the Asianda stuff. Uh, and Dave Sweetmore as well. Yeah, excited, uh, nervous? Never nervous, mate. I don't even no. have a drink before I go on there. I, I, I used to strip off in Bolton in old boozers and walk in pubs with no clothes on, you know what I mean? So <laughs> getting, up on a, getting up on a stage fully clothed, mate, don't bother me, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's just... I don't like to say I don't even have a drink before I go on. Just it's just natural, you know what I mean? I wish I'd have done it twenty five years ago when I kept saying I would. Yeah. You know, it's just took so late in my life for, to do it. But I think there's a lot of boundaries in in I think it's it's a very ageist industry, you know what I mean? And um like a lot of older bands like us won't get the opportunities the younger younger people will get, you know what I mean? Even though the music's above or on a par with it you know so yeah i'm trying to trying to smash all them boundaries really um which we are doing pretty pretty slowly you know what i mean no good uh, good for you mate and i think you know all, all yeah. kudos to you for doing it and you know if ever there's an example that you're never too late to do something that you love you guys yeah are yeah 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 so we just got on uh care fest in uh real as well in in uh august we're supporting cast uh dub pistols clint boone so there's a few big names on that as well so for for someone like us to get on that within the time we've been about it is is amazing as well so just keep doing it just just wherever it takes a little take us you know what i mean good stuff uh, mate. yeah so, man. now i like to make it a little bit more tricky i don't like to be, to be too boring so you can have a musical collaboration for the band anyone you want who would you choose to collaborate with God, I'll be the Storm Roses, aren't it? They're the greatest band of all time, in my eyes. <laughs> so here's, here's uh, the twist, though. So you can have that gig with the Stone Roses, you can collaborate with them, you can perform with them, a one-off gig, but tomorrow you can never pick up a musical instrument, you can never write another song, you can never perform again. Would you take the chance and play with the Roses? No. Nah. No? Nah. No, nah, because I've got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> Roy in turns down Stone Roses shocker. <laughs> yeah man yeah man uh i've tried getting on with it supporting ian as well in september so fingers crossed um we've got word word over to his camp and i'm just waiting now for an answer so if that comes off i'll probably piss my pants you know what i mean but, <laughs> the, the the non-nerves will suddenly kick yeah in. <laughs> yeah that's when they will kick in but yeah yeah hopefully fingers crossed we, we'll we're gonna try and get on that uh supporting him but 
just know. depends. So. That, that'd be great. So we'll keep an eye out for that. So I think oh, uh, yeah. we've had a word about your music. So I think the only right thing to do is let's have a listen to the Shed Project in action. Here they are. And we'll be back in a minute to talk about Bolton Wanderers. Oof. <laughs> told you they were good didn't i so i wasn't lying so make sure you go and listen to the album now download the album it is absolute belter trust me you will not be disappointed honestly so let's get on to uh, talking about being disappointed let's get on to your love, Roy. <laughs> Baldwin wanderers now in fairness if i would say i mean you finished ninth last season but yeah you're here to have stability off the field yeah say for, for me, I would say that's been a, a reasonable season, given the way yes. that it's been over the last few years. It's been a success. Um, obviously, a couple of years ago, we didn't have a club. We nearly went under like Bury, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, My mate, Keith Hill, uh, he took over as manager, uh, and Dave Flitcroft as well. Uh, I do. A, I, I work for both of them in, in my decorating. Like, I, do, I decorate their houses, and they got on there and... Uh, d- did the job on a, on low salaries as well, and and they cleared out all the back staff and saved them about eight hundred and fifty grand, and then got sacked <laughs> uh, by by text. Oh, so, yeah. Nice. Uh, so, but uh, they they one else quite a bit to them too, really, for getting a bit of stability back and on a level. But uh, yeah, Everett's done well. Uh, I think the players respect him. I think the board respects him, and yeah, we've got some stability back now. So we might if. We get a bit of investment, start buying some of these loanies we got last year, Fossey and stuff like that. I think we'll do well next year. Um, I mean, if you so for next season, so taking that side, so now you've got that stability off the pitch. Now you've yeah. got that sort of foothold. What what 
what has to be the goal for next season? Is it push on for the playoffs? It's got to be playoffs, on it. Play playoffs has got to be next, on it. Um, I don't. You'll get a lot of Bolton fans expecting us straight up. You know what I mean? We're Bolton Wanderers, but don't work like that. There's a lot of clubs down there, isn't there, with us? You know, big massive clubs. Yeah. Um, who, who find it really hard to bounce back up? Um, but yeah, we had it good under Allardyce. You know what I mean? We had it really. We, we were spoiled because uh, I remember the Burnham Park days in. Division four, you know what I mean? When we got yeah. promoted at Wrex Wrexham in '86 uh, and stuff like that, then were the days, you know what I mean? Um, when, and they had uh, a, a collection serve our club at, at Burnham Park as well. I think that were '88, '89, you know what I mean? And just uh, from them days, and then Riot coming in, giving us stability, yeah. and then big, and then big Sam coming in, uh, we were spoilt really. And then as soon as they give it to Owen Cott, we had Megson. Uh, for a bit, I thought he did well, but the fans just didn't take to him. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a, a, uh, everyone were asking for Owen Kyle, and I just knew it was a mistake. He he was one of the reasons he ruined our club. Yeah. He had David, I think it David and Gog on thirty grand a week or whatever it were. You know what I mean? It, oh man, come on! Uh, <laughs> and and then Lennon come in, he, he he didn't do too good, and then just downhill then and. We just got shafted as well on the money side of things. Um, outside our chairman, uh, nobody knew where the money were going. You know what I mean? And then, so yeah, as usual, we got ripped off and bled out. You know what I mean? Sold our training ground. We had the best training facilities and everything. Sold that to Wigan. Uh, I think we only own the stadium now, and that's it. You know what I mean? So it's sad, really. So if uh, we could do one of those, you know, like the old wavy lines that you get in film where you go back to a happier time. I want to take you back to the Allardyce era because as a Bolton fan, if people look at Bolton, people growing up now, if you're 17, 18 years old and you look at Bolton, they're like ninth in League One. You're thinking oh, they're, they're a League One mid. I'm just going to read out these names. So, you know, Akocha, Anelka, yep, George yep. F, Campo. What? I mean, what was he, life he, like he, as a Bolton fan? It, oh, brilliant. He had off as well, you know, Fernando yeah. Hierro, uh, just Engotti, uh, he was class. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were brilliant, just seeing, uh, seeing us develop and watching them players, you know what I mean? But my favourite era was Bruce Triok era with McAteer, yeah. Thompson, um, McGinley, Andy Walker, just seeing us come there. That was, that was them were the best times for me at Burnham Park, you know what I mean? Uh, just watching from Phil Neal's era and then onto Rioch and how he just transformed that club in uh, in a couple of years, you know what I mean? And then he went to Arsenal and yeah. didn't work out for him, you know, they hated him straight away, I think Ian Wright. But he signed Burkamp, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Rioch. He didn't so, do too bad a job in getting him, did he? <laughs> he not done too bad there, you know yeah. what I mean? But uh, yeah, we would, and then we got lucky with Big Sam. Um, I just, I don't know. I I think when it were with Allardyce, we were rooting for the Champions League uh, and he wanted a forward. I can't remember who it were. He only wanted 10 million or something and they won't give it him. They, oh. didn't want to be in the, they didn't want to be in the Champions League for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so that's when he left. Uh, but I think he, I think he uh, had a few brown envelopes as well under his desk and stuff like that. Oh, uh, surely not. <laughs> I know, yeah. As it were proven with England, you know what I mean? But... Uh, we've just been robbed and pillaged. Look at Oldham now. You yeah. know what I mean? Look at Bury and Blackburn got shafted as well with Enkies. And it's so just sad, isn't it? So many clubs. Yeah, Derby. Derby at the moment. And it's history. You know what I mean? It's 120 years of history. And 
these businessmen are coming in, buying these clubs without any knowledge of the game whatsoever and the traditions of it. They just see pound signs and then when they realise it don't work out, that's it. They just chuck them to one side, don't they? They don't yeah. give a shit, do they? So, yeah, yeah it's, it's all about that in there, isn't it? It's all about the money. 100%. So, seven quick fire questions for you then, Roy. So, pretty yeah. easy ones. Favourite ever player? Fuck you now. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can swear. You fill your boots. I'll put the little E by the podcast. My favourite player of all time has got to be King Kenny, Kenny Dalglish. Right, okay. Uh, I just think that Liverpool team from 84 to 88, 89. Wow. And then seeing Dalglish playing. So, yeah, Dalglish, probably my best all-round favourite player of all time, yeah. This is probably going to go down the Bolton route only because you're more likely to have seen them. Worst ever player. (laughs) Fucking hell, we've had loads. Oh, God. (laughs) They're a a midfielder called Frank Passy. Um, I don't think anyone's ever heard of him. I think he played about about three games for us and fans just... I think fans realised he weren't even a footballer after the first game and... (laughs) It, it was just awful. So, yeah, Frank passes right, the worst right. player. Uh, so, as a fan, your favourite ever result as a Bolton fan? <sighs> Probably beating United at Old Trafford. Uh, I think it were 1-0 Ricketts. I think uh, I think we battled them once as well. Bob Taylor would beat them with as well. So, yeah, beating United at United's ground anytime. Yeah. yeah. And worst ever result as a fan. Most disappointing one. Stoke at Wembley when they beat them with Batters. I think the Batters 5 0, didn't they? FA Cup. FA, was that FA Cup semi final? Semi final, yeah, at Wembley. Uh, they absolutely destroyed us. But yeah. then a couple of months later, we beat them 5 0 at home. So that was under Owen Kyle as well. As soon as we saw the team sheet, everyone were looking at each other thinking, what's he doing? And then bang, for, that was horrible that day. Oh, I think I left 20 minutes from end as well. Just went grim. to full. It is grim, isn't it? Yeah, it's hanging. <laughs> uh, um, any manager back from any era, who would you take? Got to be Big Sam. Yeah. At Bolton. Got either him or Bruce. I've got, I, I, I hold them on level pairing for what they did for our club, you know what I mean? Bruce, because he transformed the club and Sam for taking it even higher. So yeah. I, hold them, I hold them both in. And I've, Sam has been manager and Bruce is his assistant. Sounds good Bruce to me. Yeah. So moving away from Bolton, VAR or no VAR? No VAR. Just sh- shocking. It's turning into American football, isn't it? It's just no, that way, isn't it? It's just where's your controversy? Yeah. I watched the big I taped the big match on, on telly every Saturday of the 70s football and you know what I mean they're running around with no shinies on, fucking pitches full <laughs> of mud, scrapping in turnstiles, no one gives a shit. And, <laughs> You know what I mean? That's a game of football. Enjoy it. Get out, where? But no, you see them now, they're rolling about after they've just been kicked and they're just taking it out, out of the game, aren't they? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's not it's not the working man's game anymore. It's quite funny. We went to the last Leeds home game of the season when we played Brighton and we scored that goal in the 92nd minute, which, you know, we knew it was a massive goal because it was potentially going to help keep us up. And you just didn't want to celebrate. And it's a 90-second minute goal. And you're thinking, and my first reaction was to look at the linesman, look at the ref. And see what's going on, yeah. Make sure there was nothing and then celebrate. Old school, you'd be bummed straight over thing. That's what I mean. You're buzzing, aren't you? So, yeah, not not for me, Var. Prime Messi or Prime Ronaldo? 
probably a prime Messi, I think. Yeah. It's, it's a tricky it's, one, that. It's it? a close yeah. call, isn't it? It's, yeah. They're, they're both, I mean, we're the two totally like, different players, though, I think. You know what I mean? I think like Ronaldo started his life as, as a winger, didn't he? You know what I mean? And I think Messi's more of a number 10, isn't he? So probably Messi for his all-round game, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very, very close. Both class. Well, class. Right. Now time for you to become Big Sam. So your five-a-side team. So the only rules, you have to have seen the players play live. It's one goalie, yep. one defender, two midfielders and a striker. So who are we put in between the sticks? Buffon. Gianluca Buffon, Italian goalie. Yeah. Um, watched him against uh, England, England v Italy uh, a few times as well. Just probably my all-time favourite goalkeeper, I think. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Buffon. Uh, defender's tricky. Um, there's that many in there. Uh, probably Paul McGrath. Yeah, big Paul. Big Paul McGrath, yeah, just made it look so easy, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, straight out of the pub. Famously never trained, did he? Straight out of the pub, 10 pints, <laughs> man of the match, you know what I mean? And then another 10 pints afterwards, proper man. Yeah, great autobiography. Uh, if you ever read football... Yeah, I've read it, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of his. I'm a massive... I always have been. When he, Even when he were at United and we ate United, you, yeah. you still admire him as, as, a, as a footballer, you know what I mean? So, yeah, Paul McGrath for me. One of the wow. all-time greats. Uh, yeah. So two midfielders there. JJ's not one of these midfielders. I'm off. I'm out. I'm, I'm literally walking out the door. <laughs> Honestly, my first one's Rude Ullett. Oh, okay. I'll give you that. He, 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 play, he, played, he played for Chelsea. We're playing manager, I think, at Chelsea. And he played for Chelsea at Burnham Park. I think it was 96. Yeah. And I just watched him for 90 minutes. I just watched Ullett for 90 minutes. And he, even the Bolton fans... When he come off, just just stood up and clapped him because he was that good on the yeah. day. I think it's the best performance I've ever seen off a football in my life. Right, okay. uh, just how good he were, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's got to be Hullet. Um, this were a toss-up between a Kocha, but it's got to be Perlo. Uh, that was England, Italy as well. Uh, that were another one. I wasn't watching the game. I was just watching him. Just how he sat back, found his space pinging it everywhere and couldn't get near him. I could, just couldn't get near him. Just, He's the most effortless footballer, I think. I've that's what I mean. It, it's just, a Hullet were like that. Yeah. But that's just, that's the step between uh, your average player and your world-class players, isn't it? You know what yeah. I mean? I, I once said, well, I once had this discussion in a pub and we were talking about Perlo and I said, genuinely, if I tried to man-mark him, I don't even think I could kick him once. That's okay? what I mean. You, I you don't couldn't... think I'd get anywhere near him to kick him. Yeah, um, it's, it's just that good. So, yeah, probably them two. Uh, JJ were close, but uh, just from being just from be, watching, being sat in a crowd and being mesmerised at watching the opposition player, you know what I mean? That's a good sign, isn't it? That's a good sign, isn't it, when, they, when you know they're world-class. Yeah. Uh, striker, this was hard. Uh, probably Burkamp. Yeah. Uh, he, he's another one uh, when he used to come to Bolton or we used to go down the Arsenal and just watching him just watching him play um, them, just them players who you can just watch on their own they just yeah. call it uh, so yeah that's it that's a pretty, I'm not being I'm not being afraid that's a pretty strong five-a-side it's, team it's not a bad team <laughs> though, is it it's you know a good effort so um, yeah now we've timed this to perfection because we're recording this just before the weekend of European fixtures. So you get to play five second guess. 
So there's five matches. You get five yep. seconds to guess the result of each match. You yep. get three, three points if you get it, Bob, on. One point if you get the home, the draw, or the away. One game is the 90-minute score that you have to guess because there could be extra time. At the right. moment, the boys from National Rail are top. They've got five points. They're the leaders. There's a few right. four, so it's five to beat. So I'll get right. a very professional stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so first game, Spain v. Portugal. Go. Spain 2-1. All right. The second one, this, as a Scotsman, this breaks my heart. Here's the second one. Wales-Ukraine. Wales, one all. One all. Oh. All right. Third one. Hungry England. 3-0 England. Yeah. Uh, fourth one. Solihull Moors-Grimsby. Grimsby, 1-0. And then last but not least, Italy-Germany. 2-2. Two, two. Right. We will see how you go, Roy. Can you take <laughs> over for the boys from National Rail? Like uh, playing the pools, that Vernon's pools, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Spot the ball. Uh, sadly, Roy, that is all we've got time for today. I've got to say, absolutely love this as much as I love it. Yes, thank you. It's been a great fun, honestly. Thank you. One last plug for the gig and your album, Roy. Tell us where the gig is. Is there still tickets available? Yeah, there's still tickets available. Uh, Manchester Academy 3, uh, June the 25th, uh, The Shed Project, Afternoon People, Civic Green, MC Tunes, Dave Sweetmore. Um, and yeah, get the, uh, the album's sold out uh, on vinyl, sold out on CD, but you can still get it on digital. So check it out if you haven't. Nice one. Perfect. So don't forget, we will close the show with the rest of the song from The Shed Project. But for now, Roy, thank you very much, my friend. Cheers, Matt. Thanks for having me. Back to the show. Love that chat. What an absolute character. Great laugh with Roy there and some excellent music you need to be listening to as well. So remember, the album is called The Curious Mind of a Common Man. It's available now and you'll hear the rest of the song Friend off the album when we close out the show a little bit later on. Unbelievably, it's time for another musical interlude as uh, we're treated to the delights of what Kian says we should be listening up to this week. Everyone and welcome back to another team says listen up this is the little part of the show where i get to pick what happens um so i'm going to be a, a bit of giving you a single to listen to this week uh, they've been on the show birmingham band overpass so i've seen them on friday i don't remember it well i remember them i don't remember much else but yeah overpass on friday and they sung a single called on your own i'm sure it's the latest one but it's been out a while so it's not exactly a new one, but it's definitely worth a listen. So yeah, on your own by Overpass, go and give it a listen. Give them a give them a follow, and you know what? If they're knocking around your local city, go and watch them as well. So yeah, Overpass on your own. There you go. Cheers. There we go then. So it's a single this week from the brilliantly talented friends of the show Overpass. You may recall were on very very early on in the YouTube days. Saw them perform last Friday. They were absolutely superb. The single is called On Your Own. So go and get on it. Honestly, you will not be disappointed. Time then to reveal our mystery man then in What's My Name. So before we reveal, a quick recap on all the clues and your last chance to get you guessing. So clue one, during my career I played for nine different clubs in four different countries, including three different English teams. Clue two was during my career I won eight trophies, including two domestic cups and a European trophy during my time in England. 
Clue three was I won 93 caps for my country and have been a teammate of Ashley Young, Glenn Johnson, Lucas Neal and Stephen Warnock. Well, I can reveal my name is... Milan Barros. Yes, the Czech international. He spent time in his homeland, England, France and Turkey as a Galatasaray teammate of Lucas Neal. His English clubs were Aston Villa alongside Ashley Young, Liverpool with Glenn Johnson and Stephen Warnock and where he won the League Cup and the Champions League and also Portsmouth where he was there when they won the FA Cup. Easy. You should have nailed it. You've let me down if you didn't get that one. Um, I'm sorry to say that's the end of another show. So it draws to a close. Once more, thank you so much for listening. For all those who've given five-star reviews so far, thank you again. Please keep doing it because, you know, it does help. It's a little bit of a pat on the back for me, if nothing else. But for now, though, it's ding, ding. Next stop, Thursday, the 23rd of June for what will be episode 83. For now, let's play out the show with the rest of Friend by the brilliant The Shed Project, The Shed Project, even. And stay safe, everybody. Driving my mind, so insane. Know your name, play the game. Driving my mind, so insane. Know your name, play the game. Driving my mind, so insane. Know your name, play the game. Driving my mind, so insane. Know your name, play the game. Driving my mind, so insane. Know your name, play the game. Driving my mind, so insane. Yeah, you're my best friend.